Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Pastor Lauren asked me if I was going to be preaching about the Bengals today, and as a Browns fan, I guess I could say at least, you know, the Browns, we have Jesus on our side today. Blessed are the poor. (laughs) Blessed are people when they revile you, defame you, you poor Browns fans. But woe to you rich Bengals fans who are full now and all speak well of you. But hey, we're here in Cincinnati. It's fun to be on the bandwagon right now. And who couldn't root, uh, not root for Joe Burrow? And I've been a fan of his since he was at Ohio State. This is a day for all of us to root for the Bengals, even Browns fans. So instead, let's take a more serious look at this passage for today. And our theme of choosing peace. When I arrived at Prince of Peace 16 years ago, our country was still reeling from the devastation of Hurricane Katrina and the subsequent breakdown of recovery efforts. As we continue to wrestle with issues of racial inequality in our country, some experts today point to our response to the devastation of Katrina as one of the catalysts for this current reckoning. It was hard not to notice the unequal burden of rebuilding placed upon communities of color and people living in poverty. The initial response was clearly inadequate for a whole host of reasons that also prompted some serious rethinking and retooling of our disaster response as a nation. And we can say with some sense of pride that progress was made after the missteps of Katrina. While people in poverty and people of color are still disproportionately affected by natural disasters, our overall capacity to respond with care and compassion has grown since the time of Katrina. It's also good in retrospect to consider the response of faith communities like our own to disasters. Having seen the tremendous need, several of our members swung into action right away to do what they could to bring supplies to people in need those first months after the storm. And then the following year after I arrived, we came together as a congregation to support relief efforts and take a whole team of workers down to work alongside of Lutheran disaster relief and doing the work of rebuilding communities there. One of the things we take pride in with Lutheran Disaster Relief is our long-term commitment to communities devastated by natural disasters, and it's precisely because of the disproportionate effects on people living in poverty that we go in for the long term with that organization. Short-term solutions help people with means over the hump of the initial devastation, but then their networks of support and safety nets kick in and they are able to rebuild. But this is not true for all people living in poverty. They do not have the same supports and therefore partners like Lutheran Disaster Relief become critical for their ability to recover. 
So in 2007, we took the first of several trips to Biloxi, Mississippi to help in the rebuilding efforts. And those were great moments for our congregation. They were catalysts for continued growth in our commitment to serving those in need. And as, our, as I reflect on it today, one of the obvious lessons is that the groundswell of support and growth were not just about practical concerns for those affected. They were born out of a commitment to live and love like Jesus and the challenge that we hear in his teaching for today. In Luke's gospel in particular, the teaching is quite clear that these blessings are not just spiritualized concerns. It is not blessed are the poor in spirit here. It is blessed are the poor. Woe to you who are rich. This is the wrestling that Jesus invites us to engage. And the promise we discover is that in the kingdom of God, blessing comes in the opposite direction than it does in the world. We're told by the world that we will experience peace and contentment by accumulating more and more. But Jesus invites us into a different truth with his teaching for today. We are given peace, not in our possessions, but rather in our release of our possessions, in our release of the burden of accumulation and self-concern. Live for others. Share what you have and discover the peace and blessing that the kingdom provides. This was certainly our experience in serving in Biloxi and subsequently as we continue to grow in our care and support for others beyond the walls of this church. A life lived as a disciple of Jesus cannot possibly avoid the fact that Jesus is turning the conventional understanding of blessing on its head as he identifies blessing not with abundance, but rather in the sharing of the abundance we have with others so that we indeed have less. As a person of means, you can't possibly avoid the fact that Jesus is challenging you to reorient your life. In the midst of a world that makes clear distinctions about who is the greatest, we gather around a table of grace where all are loved and valued equally. Jesus says it plainly in chapter 16 of Luke when he says, No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. We are constantly bumping into our social rank and issues of our wealth. And we have to ask ourselves what our attitudes and our thoughts about our orientation towards our wealth say. What master do we serve? Are we really blessed by having so much or are we enslaved by it? Are we experiencing the freedom of Christ that he promises when we serve God and not our wealth? Do we live our lives primarily serving our own needs, or can we let go of those to more clearly see the needs of others? 
When we were headed to Biloxi for the first time, we met with a pastor from Dayton named Tim McLeod, and it was great to hear his experience of what they had done when they had gone down to serve several times. But he also challenged each one of us that was going on the trip to do something in particular. He challenged us to simply bless someone while we were there with 50 or 100 of our own dollars without overthinking it, wondering about who was more deserving or what exactly they would do with it. Just give it away and trust that you are being blessed by being poorer as someone receives more resources that will help them in the midst of their challenges. And as I reflected upon this and shared it with the congregation in preparation for that trip, I asked, will these simple acts by our small group reverse the circumstances that they face? It's highly unlikely. Will some of that money be spent on unnecessary things? Almost certainly. But there will also be some that makes a difference for a family in a week they are in need. And it will certainly be a part of our letting go of our tight grip that we maintain on our lives. And in the loosening, God can then fill in those spaces that we no longer feel we must control. We did what we usually did for trips like that. We had other members sign up to be prayer partners for those going on the trip. And we also then encouraged them to... to give their own $20, $50, or $100 over to those people going on the trip so that they could also bless them with those dollars. And then to hear stories as we returned about how the money that was shared blessed the lives of someone else. To hear the story of how we experienced Christ in those that we met there. It was definitely an important part of our trip to share those blessings with others, and it was certainly an important lesson about our relationship, our own relationship with our possessions, and where we discover peace and blessing in our lives as we share them. Just a couple of years ago now, we were out to dinner with some friends around New Year's for a friend's birthday and we were having dinner and we were all planning as a group of friends to pay for the birthday girl's meal along with her husband's but as the check came we found out that our friend's husband had already grabbed the check and paid for it but we now had a, a wad of cash in our hands as we were putting together the money for the bill and so we decided just to make it a tip for the server a holiday blessing for her a more than a hundred percent tip on a several hundred dollar meal and we felt good about it in the moment, but then it was just a few weeks later that the whole world was shutting down in the midst of a pandemic, and servers all over our country were being laid off in droves. And I remember saying a prayer for that server in the midst of that, praying that that generous tip that we had provided to her would somehow help a little bit in the midst of the challenges that she undoubtedly was fa facing. The blessings of our lives, simple acts of sharing that we pray can be a blessing to help others in need, a way that we find more peace in the midst of what we have and that we hope and pray provides more peace to a world where there's far too much of a lack of a sharing of wealth with those that need it most. We find peace 
We find blessing not in keeping all we can for ourselves. We grow in peace. We grow in blessing as we give ourselves away for the life of the world. Pray for each other. Pray for families in need. Pray that we might be blessed in the sharing of what God has entrusted to us. Pray that each act of giving might be one step in a continuing process of loosening our grip on our wealth. As we encourage and challenge each other as a community in Christ to, share, to serve God and not our wealth, to share what we have, for blessed are the poor. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.